Hey there, friends of Holy Shenanigans Podcast. I'm thrilled to share that I'll be recording live from the Wild Goose Festival this July 11 through 14. Wild Goose Festival is a transformational community grounded in faith-inspired social justice. It's a one-of-a-kind gathering that brings together activists, artists, and seekers from all walks of life to explore justice and art, spirituality, and community. The festival will take place at Van Hoy Farms in Union Grove, North Carolina, and I'd love for you to join me there. From engaging workshops to inspired panels and interactive experiences, Wild Goose has something for everyone. So mark your calendars and let's be part of this incredible community that is committed to making a positive impact in the world. For more information, visit www. WildGooseFestival.org. As one of my followers, use a discount code A-TLE24. That's A-TLE24. And you'll get $50 off the price of an adult weekend ticket. We will see you there at the Wild Goose Festival to connect, to build community, and to work for social justice. In episode 21 of Holy Shenanigans, I tell stories of transfiguration, of Jesus on a high mountain, of myself in a mountain range, and the journey back into the everyday valleys of life. Welcome to Holy Shenanigans. These are stories to surprise, encourage, redirect, and sometimes turn life upside down, all in the name of love. I'm your muse, Tara Lamont Eastman, a creative, a feminist, and a pastor. I invite you to join me on this unpredictable spiritual adventure that is always sacred, but never stuffy. Today's episode is called Mountains, Sheep, and Messages of Change. What are some ways that people deliver the most important of messages? Text, email, call, instant message. In Jesus' time, there were no emails, phone calls, or text messages. How would God get his message through? Many times in the Bible, if God wanted to deliver a message, his people would go to a high place, a mountain, to hear what God had to say. In Mark 9, 2-9, we hear a story called the Transfiguration, where Jesus and the disciples, Peter, James, and John, go up to the top of a mountain and hear the voice of God. At the top of this mountain, in an instant, Jesus' clothes are changed to shimmering white, and Moses and Elijah, long since relocated to glory, stop by for an unexpected visit. Some say in this story of the Transfiguration of Jesus, that God delivers a message to encourage Jesus and to help the disciples to understand fully who Jesus was, that God wants the disciples to know that Jesus is his son and that he has some important things to teach about God. So God uses dramatic means to get his message across and repeat a message that has been proclaimed before. Remember the healing stories earlier in Mark's gospel? 
Think of the times a person being healed would proclaim who Jesus was, and Jesus would tell them, for now, to be quiet. So just in case the disciples needed a reminder to listen to Jesus, the message is delivered in a way they will not miss and never forget. On top of that mountain, God chose to send this message. This time, God used spectacle, light, vision, and sound to get his message across. God was proclaiming a message to be seen, heard, and felt. God wanted to get this message through. The disciples are so thrilled about this experience that they want to stay on top of the mountain permanently. But that's not where Jesus, Peter, James, and John are called to stay. They have somewhere else to be. The element of surprise has a way of helping people see and hear things in new ways, doesn't it? Which brings me to a story of seeing, hearing, and feeling a message in a way I never expected. It was a beautiful, sunny morning at the grounds of Glen Erie. The retreat center is located close to Colorado Springs in the mountainous terrain of Colorado. I had never traveled so far west before, and I was overwhelmed by the beauty and the mountains and the sky of this place. After morning devotions, we were told to go off to a quiet place to read our Bibles and pray. I walked a ways up to a grassy incline and sat down close to a tree for a time of reflection. After finishing my reading, I lay down in the grass and listened to nature around me. I felt the wind gently blowing, the warmth of the sun, and I relaxed and almost fell asleep. Until there was a sound, this light rumble, rumble in the distance and I heard what I thought was the start of a rainstorm or a cloudburst. I've been told that storms like this were common in the mountains. So I ignored this rumbling noise and continued my time of closed eyes contemplation. Once again, I hear rumble, rumble, rumble. A bit louder, and I ignore it once more. And again, louder, rumble, rumble, rumble. I hear the sound and I quickly open my eyes to see if I can spot a dark cloud in the sky. But there are no clouds. It doesn't look like rain. So I close my eyes to soak up the last moments of quiet before return to a busy day ahead. Rumble, rumble, rumble. If I didn't know better, I would assume that this ground is even trembling. Yes, the ground was trembling. And the rumble, rumble, rumble was louder and louder until I hear, ba ba. Wait, what? Ba? In an instant, I was up on my feet, eyes wide open as a herd, yes, a herd of mountain sheep, rushed past me. I was dumbfounded. My heart was pounding. They could have run me over. Leave it to me to go on a retreat and nearly get run over by a herd of mountain sheep. I had grown up in the hills of Pennsylvania and I was used to lots of wildlife, but nothing like a herd of mountain sheep. So I tried to regain my composure, my heart still pounding hard, as I heard some laughter in the distance. The groundskeeper who had witnessed the traumatic event and dramatic event of the sheep laughed robustly at the scene. 
It was one he'd probably seen a thousand times before. Silly tourists. And he knew I was in no danger. But as for me, I was sure I'd almost been overrun by a herd of mountain sheep. Welcome to Colorado, Tara. I had been seeking a time of quiet reflection with God and was not listening to my surroundings. I was in a new place, hoping to hear or learn something new about God. I thought I was listening, but as you can guess, I wasn't paying any real attention to what was going on around me. Case in point, the herd of sheep. The groundskeeper knew the sound of a sheep herd because he'd heard it before. But for me, this was a totally new sound. Even though I thought I was listening to my surroundings, I didn't really hear the message. All which goes to show that sometimes for people to hear something new, they need to see, feel, and hear the message to really get it. Even if it takes a whole herd of sheep, or Jesus dressed in sparkling garments, or a visit from Moses and Elijah. Getting the attention of people sometimes requires drama. Where I live, it's the middle of winter, and in recent weeks, the cold and lack of sunshine is making it feel gray and dim. To shake off the winter doldrums, I take a walk by Onondaga Lake each day. The lake freezes more and more, and last week there were only very few puddles of unfrozen area for the most hardy ducks to swim in. And I wondered to myself, how long will it take for this to freeze over? And I shivered at the thought. Just a few days later, the temperature rose to overfreezing. The sun shone bright, and I had to dig out my sunglasses. The people walking the trail, unlike the frigid week before, grew as the temperature rose, and the ducks' swimming area grew as they frolicked and splashed in the now unfrozen pool of water. While deep down I knew that the whole lake could not freeze solid, last week it certainly felt like it could. But the truth is, even under layers and layers of ice, the unfrozen water underneath holds life. In the winter, things may slow down and life in the lake may swim lower to retain some heat, but the lake will not fully, completely freeze. All this thinking of lakes and freezing weather reminds me of a story from a book, Love Letters, by Madeline Langle. In this story, a father is a writer and is discouraged, and he and his adult daughter are up late at night having a drink and a talk trying to shake off the discouragement and doubts. And he starts to tell her how Applejack, a form of moonshine, is made. The daughter says, You're not feeling all right about your writing. And he responds, That will pass. Do you know how Applejack is made? You put the cider in a keg and leave it outdoors all winter and let it freeze. Almost all of it will turn to ice but there's a tiny core of liquid inside, of pure flame. I have that core of faith in myself. There's always that small searing drop that doesn't freeze. This week, the holy shenanigans of God showed up in my memories of rampaging mountain sheep waking me up to my real surroundings. 
the slow freeze and the unexpected melt of Onondaga Lake, a story of how Applejack is made, and in this reading of the transfiguration of Jesus. In the drama, the sights and the sounds of a message that was so amazing, the disciples wanted to stay on that mountain. But Jesus and the disciples were not called to stay on the mountain. The disciples were called to listen to Jesus and to go back down the mountain to the mundane world of suffering and mission, accompanied by Emmanuel, God with us. Mountaintops are beautiful places, but they aren't the places we are called to live. Visits to mountaintops and frozen lakes are places that lead to epiphanies and glory-filled messages. But epiphanies and messages don't do much good away from the ears of people that need some warmth, some hope, and some good news. So here's to the flame of faith that flickers in the stillness of your heart. It's there, and even in its smallness, it's still about the work of transfiguration. P.S. Spring is coming soon. Some questions to ask. The transfiguration of Jesus was a moment and a message to clarify who Jesus is. But I think what's most wonderful about this story of Jesus and the disciples is that they don't stay on top of that mountain. They choose to leave shimmering robes and come down into the everyday beauty of life and people in the valley. It can be scary to come down from the mountain, but we're not alone. Jesus, God with us, has made a way for us to live, walk, and also share God's amazing and needed good news. What mountaintop are you called to go to and come back down from? What flame of faith needs to be kindled in your own heart? Do you have herds of sheep trying to get your attention? Take my advice. Pay attention, because something of transfiguration may be just around the bend. Several years ago, I had the opportunity to teach a class on youth ministry with Teal College. In this class, conducted by Skype in that day, I met a student from Pakistan. He was a musician, Zohab Kawar, and he had translated the 23rd Psalm from his own perspective. In light of today's episode, this call to pay attention and see and hear things in new ways, I share his translation of the 23rd Psalm as this week's poem. As an unexpected bonus, Zohab has given us permission to share his song, Tusat Desa, based on the 23rd Psalm, with you here today as well. If you would like to learn more about his music, go to youtube.com backslash Z-O-H-A-I-B K-H-A-W-A-R And here is that translation of Tusat Tasa, the 23rd Psalm. In my talks and in all my conditions, you are with me. In my happiness and my sadness, you are with me. You hold my hand, guide me in the way, and take me to green pastures. In my every day, And in every night, you are with me. You said you'll not leave me alone. Your love flows everywhere. In my dryness and in rains, you are with me. And now our special guest, Zohab Kawar, 
singing Tusa Tasa. मरहम लगाता है 
This is Holy Shenanigans, stories that are always sacred, but never stuffy. Until next time, may hope transfigure and transform and keep the fires of your heart burning bright.